are listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 411 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And tonight we have our short topics episode, so thank you for joining us tonight. And we will dive right in, but before we do that, we will introduce ourselves, ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, very good. So we hope you enjoyed listening to the last Deep Dive episode. If you did get a chance to listen to that, it's really good. If you haven't gotten a chance to it, go ahead and do so. But if you've moved on to episode number 500, or sorry, 411, let's let's jump the gun by 100, yeah. <laughs> um, there may not be a 511. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that that's not foreshadowing. That's just me being a jerk right now. Anyway, it's 411. It's 411. That means you've been through a deep dive, if you're listening to these in order, and you've been through a weekender. So hopefully when you hear this, you're all happy and it's a good day. And Bill's going to take us into our first amateur radio story of the night. Yes, absolutely. And we got a story from the IARU Region 2. We got recognition of young amp operators in the CW and single sideband versions of the NAQP. That's the uh, North American QSO Party. Yeah, the uh, IARU. Ugh, they really got to come up with a, a good Yaru. 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 R2. Region 2. Executive Committee congratulates the National Contest Journal, the NCJ, for recognizing young operator entries for the NAQP, the North American QSO Party, CW, and single sideband contests in August 2021. The 3830scores.com site will add a Yoda checkbox for their identification. IARUR2 strongly believes that encouraging young operators to actively participate in various amateur radio activities is key for the future of amateur radio. Yes, that, that, that sounds right. <laughs> IARUR2 Region 2 sponsors a regular bilingual English-Spanish session for young radio amateurs across the Americas. These sessions are an opportunity to share their experiences in the many possible amateur radio activities to attract new amateurs and increase the number of active young amateurs. This group beats virtually twice per month and is open to all that wish to participate. For more information, check out the IARU Region 2 website and as well, say hi to Sterling Mann, N0SSC, the youth liaison there for uh, the Region 2. So yeah, a little double whammy story in the uh, recognition of uh, youth, youth. Ute in the uh, in the NAQP, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. At least it's uh, scored through the uh, 3830scores.com site. Um, if you use, well, several several loggers do this automatically. You can uh, you know click a button and it automatically posts everything to the 3830, or you can just go there and type it all in manually. But uh, yeah, if you're a youth and uh, participating in those contests, you've got a separate little checkbox now and can get awarded for it. Yeah, very good. It's nice to see that the youths are being exposed to amateur radio much more frequently and being acknowledged for their participation. And uh, we talk about that. And there's there's more, actually, about youths on the air in our next story. And let's see if I can catch Cheryl in the middle of a bite or a drink. <laughs> no, you didn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn it. 
All right. Well, if you would like, you can tell us some more about Utes on the Air. Sure. So a week-long camp was organized for the Americas, Region 2, to take place in 2020. Due to the pandemic, this camp had to be postponed until 2021. Currently, we're on track to host the event during the scheduled dates, which are July 11th through the 16th. The camp will take place at the Natural excuse me, National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting in Westchester Township, Ohio. COVID-19 safety protocols will be in place. We will continue to evaluate the COVID-19 situation and adjust accordingly. If we find that we can host the camp that week, it will be postponed until 2022. Our course staff has been vaccinated as well as most, if not all, of our volunteers. Y8, or excuse me, W8Y will be the special event call sign for the camp. We have room for 30 campers at the event, and most of those spots have been filled. Topics that will be included will be contesting, kit building, D-Star, APRS, and WSPR with high altitude balloons, satellite operation, foxering, and antenna building. We'll also have VHF sprints planned for a day trip to Kings Island Amusement Park. We're in line to possibly take part in the Eris contact during the week as well. And that okay. came from Ham Yota. Yota. Yota of Ham, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like things are still at least in progress there. So it hasn't been canceled. That's still kind of up in the air. Yeah. I mean, this came out uh, at the end of uh, April here. So just it's uh, you know about a week old news. But uh, they're still feeling pretty optimistic, so uh, hopefully that will actually occur. Sounds good. Let's hope that it does. Let's hope we can actually sort of get back to some normalcy, which we kind of experienced last night. We actually were able to go out and see a ball game, like real live ball game, after 18 months. So yeah, it's crazy. Hey, better, better, hey, better, better, hey, better, better. <laughs> well, and we also went to a concert on Saturday night. That's or two, true. actually. So we did that as well. I know. So it's anyway. So moving on in amateur radio topics for the evening, we have Russian Robinson Club announces activation of rare iota islands in the Aleutians. The Russian Robinson Club, RRC, has resumed its place to its plans, a place, plans, to activate rare Kiska Island, iota NA-070, and Adak Island, iota NA-039, in Alaska's Aleutian Islands chain for uh, July... IOTA enthusiasts plans to activate these islands in 2020 were called off because, huh? Can you guess why? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The islands just weren't there in 2020. No, this is, we know it was COVID. Uh, The uninhabited Kiska Island. I'm not going to read the Latin long because no one gives crap. (laughs) uh, Lies in the North Pacific's treacherous Bering Sea, which RRC calls one of the most intense patches of ocean on earth and where strong winds, freezing temperatures, and icy water are the norm. Isn't that where, like, the the shrimp boaters go? Isn't that yeah. where, like, it, um, <laughs> what's that show? Uh, Deadliest Catch? Isn't, isn't that where they go? Yeah, and there's also, like, the Bering Sea Gold show and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've seen all this on Discovery Channel. <laughs> uh, but you won't see these guys operating ham radio from there, because that's boring. Uh, the <laughs> islands also feature the prominent conical Kiska Volcano. Kiska Island is a National Historic Landmark and part of the Aleutian Island World War II National Monument and the Alaska Maritime National Wildlife Refuge, AMNWR. Ooh. 
Permission to visit is required from both Alaska's Maritime National Wildlife Refuge and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And this was the uh, the bullet that Bill wants to read, <laughs> or wants me to read, or wants to hear, whatever. Yes. Uh, the 56-foot aluminum sailing vessel Seal will make the kiss from a rose. Uh, will make the 1,000-mile journey along the Aleutians to Kiska with a stop at Dutch Harbor to pick up Tim, NL8F. Oh, he. He gets mentioned just because the boat's coming to get him. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the gear sent in advance to his location. The team will continue sailing west to Adak Island, where some team members will activate Adak Island on June 30th through July 3rd. The SV SEAL will pick up the entire crew there, which will have flown in by July 3rd. Then they hope to activate at Kiska and be on the air as KL7RCC on July 7th through the 12th before the return sail to Adak and flights home. Additional KL7RRC activity. Oh, wait. There's two different call signs there. I believe it's KL7RRC. The return sail to ADAC and flight home. Additional KL7RRC activity may take place from ADAC on July 14th through the 16th. And in case you're interested, a slot is open for a fifth operator. Contact team leader Yuri N3QQ if interested. QQ, QQ. And of course, that was lifted right off the AWRL's website. And yes. I, I was looking for news stories today, and I didn't even want to include this story. But uh, I was reading 56 foot aluminum sailing boat for a thousand miles. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I will pass. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big boat, but out in those seas, that's, that's a tiny boat. Yeah, and and Ted in the chat room rightly points out that deadliest catch is about crab fishermen, not shrimp. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Some some kind king of crab, seafood. Alaskan king crab. All yeah. the stuff that's good in my belly. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, yes, and somewhere they stop and they get the butter for all that crab. So yeah. <laughs> that's right. Knock over yeah. a few uh, dairies and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah man, could you imagine getting on a fifty-six foot aluminum boat for a thousand miles? How long is that gonna take? Um, a while. <laughs> yeah wow yeah sign up tell us all about it we want to know <laughs> yeah, we want to know how much of your lunch you kept in your belly because we're sure as hell not doing it so oh my goodness yeah. <laughs> these other right. guys are crazy unique individuals well it's a good thing they exist because that means people can contact them from all these crazy places <laughs> absolutely all right, so let's move on to some open source topics. And this is a topic that I actually found, but I'm not going to read it. So, uh, Bill, go for it. Yeah, no problem. And this came from a Libra Arts story or article. And this is the ultimate guitar launches Muse Group and acquires Audacity. This isn't your average software company press release. Martin Tantacruel Kiri. Uh, released a new video on his personal YouTube channel to announce the that Muse Group is now the owner of Audacity, and he is now the product owner of this project. A while ago, Ultimate Guitar, the company known for successfully solving the Guitar Tabs licensing puzzle, which is which is a hell and a half for lawyers, uh, began acquiring other companies and software projects. In 2017, they acquired MuseScore, which uh, you've used, and I think I've used too, uh, is a YCYSIG free Libra score engraving program that came to with an online service to store and share sheet music. Uh, they kept the original team as consultants for about a year or so and began hiring developers to work on both the desktop app, mobile app, and online service. Naturally, there has been some concerns about the future of Audacity, 
So uh, Daniel Ray stepped in to address that, and in the comments section of the news post at Scoring Notes, he wrote, Audacity will remain 100% forever with no feature feature tiers or limitations. Will remain 100%. I think it's supposed to be free forever, but free again, forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just, and, and did you say Weissy Weissig? Yeah, Weissy Weissig. It's it's, oh. Wizzy, it's WYSIWYG. <laughs> WYSIWYG, sorry. I always add like the extra WSI in there. I don't know why or YSI. <laughs> Weissy Weissig. Uh, yeah, all I gotta Weiss- say, like WYSIWYG. Just... <laughs> sorry, jeez. Hey, no, I'm not. It's it's funny because we had what was it on a couple of shows ago? Somebody said uh, said an acronym as a word, and I'd like never heard that before. And it's just like <laughs> yeah, whatever. I've never heard Weissy Weissig either before. Yeah, but, yeah. Sorry. That's, that's me. I always hear it. I see it as that. That's why. Um, but anyway, uh, users can expect uh, optional cloud services, file storage and sharing, etc. But such capabilities are optional and the software is fully featured and fully functional without this. Though Muse Group is a, as a concept is quite new, it is the same philosophy, same model and same team as Ultimate Guitar. What you should expect from Muse Group moving forward is pretty much what you have seen with Muse Score since the acquisition. As we continue to make acquisitions, we will not likely change existing business models very much. We'll try as much as possible to make much as possible as free as possible. Okay, whatever. <laughs> While respecting rights holders. And we'll heavily invest in product development, rapidly expanding product teams with the best and brightest we can find. And again, that came from Libra Arts. And as a user of MuseScore for probably about uh, seven years or so, I've been using the product, and I, I think that would cover the acquisition too. Um, it's been a great product, and it doesn't have very much nag stuff except for in the mobile apps. <laughs> the desktop app it doesn't nag you about anything. And uh, so I would assume that they're not going to really mess with Audacity, just like they say. They're going to probably throw some money at it and uh, make it a little bit more full-featured. And uh, I, I think this is good. This is good news to have a, a an entity behind a product like that. Yeah, I think so, too. And I've, I've used Guitar. What was it? Um, uh, Ultimate Guitar? Ultimate Guitar, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing for the tabs. And I have used MuseScore, too. I actually scored my own bass line now that I'm learning how to play the bass and everything apparently part of doing that is some of the music theory and actually knowing like what notes are and stuff <laughs> uh so yeah uh, i've been been enjoying both of those products and of course i love audacity as a matter of fact i uh i built from source audacity 302 just yesterday got that working on my linux box why'd you have to build the latest version it wasn't not available in the repo it's it wasn't in the repo i i don't have backports uh enabled on my machine, so it might be backported from the SID repo, but I I would ah uh, okay. But I built it; it built just fine. I had to build WX widgets first, and then Audacity. But yeah, it works great, no issues. All right, very cool. So yeah, hopefully there's new stuff in store for Audacity. And uh, let's see, did we catch Cheryl with a drink or food or Facebooking or on the <laughs> toilet or what? <laughs> Facebooking, <laughs> actually emailing, but yeah. So okay, <laughs> well, this this is a quick topic, so if you want, you can uh, you can read through this one, and then you can go back to whatever you're doing. Well, I'm done now, so thanks. But, <laughs> okay, okay. So our next story is a flash topic. LibreOffice 7.1.3 community is available for download. Woo-hoo! 
Woo! So, LibreOffice 7.1.3 Community, the third minor release of the LibreOffice 7.1 family, targeted at technology enthusiasts and power users, is available for download. It includes over 100 bugs, bug fixes, with 25% focused on Microsoft Office compatibility for Doc, SLX, and PPT. Uh, LibreOffice 7.1.3 Community represents the bleeding edge in terms of features for open source Office suites. For users whose main objective is personal productivity and therefore prefer a release that has undergone more testing and bug fixing over the new features, the Document Foundation provides LibreOffice 7.0.5. And this information came from Document Foundation. All right, very cool. So new versions of LibreOffice 7. If you're able to use LibreOffice 7, that's another thing that's not in my repo, so I'm still on LibreOffice 6. Um, Cheryl's computer, however, I think is using LibreOffice 7. So I think it is. I think it is, too. I seem to recall seeing that when I was in there the other day. It's opening up now, so I'll tell you in a second. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, well, while she's figuring out if she's using LibreOffice 7, I'll move on to, I think, I think we should just ditch the idea of flash topics because none of these are short. So <laughs> I'm actually using LibreOffice 7, so 7.0.4.2. Okay. So the next time I decide to update your computer, there's probably going to be an update. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> For our last open source only topic tonight, we have a topic called Open Indiana Hipster 2021.04 has been released. And wow, why isn't this project dead? Is anybody using Open Solaris anymore? I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, after another six months have passed, we are proud to announce the release of our 2021.04 snapshot. The images are available at the usual place. As usual, we have automatically received all updates that have been integrated into Alumos Gate. This release's most notable changes are. Updated Firefox to the new ESR version 7810.0 and 789.1. I think that's supposed to be what replaces, maybe? Oh, whatever. Sort of, but, yeah. Yeah, this, this was overdue and has been requested by many users. Finally, we have more than one NVIDIA driver version available with NVIDIA 390.141 being the default. Well, hey, that's wow. nice. Isn't 390 kind of old still? Yeah, it's kind of old now. <laughs> yes. Anyway. <laughs> Changing the driver to another version is documented at some link. And at this moment, we have the following versions in our repo, 340, 390, and 460. Okay, well, 460 is a bit more current. Yeah, so that's pretty new. Yeah. Our GCC 7, GCC 8, GCC 9, and GCC 10 compilers have been patched for use with the Illumos libc SSP implementation for FStack Protector. We have added OpenSSL 1.1.1. And many packages have been updated to make use of the newer and supported versions of OpenSSL. Alas, this process isn't finished yet, as many packages don't use it out of the box, and a few even don't work with its new interface. Great. (laughs) 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 Work has been started to update our Python versions and the related Python packages. As a consequence, we now have Python 37 and Python 39 packages. That's 3.7 and 3.9. Yeah. Uh, this is also an ongoing process that hasn't been finished yet. So, look, you have a release of a whole bunch of unfinished stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I aptly named the source WTFO. <laughs> <laughs> it actually came from the Open Indiana blog, but <laughs> I thought WTFO was probably more appropriate. Uh, it as, sounds, uh, 
Sounds exactly what it should be. Yes. Yeah. As Don <laughs> mentioned in the chat room, Solaris is still a thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Oh. They called it. They called it Indiana, so no oh, one would my know. All right. Well, I'll read the next one here because after that, uh, it's all going to be you. So, yeah. (laughs) So, moving on to Linux in the Hamshack, I just threw this one in there because I just wanted you all to be able to hear somebody besides Bill for the next 20 minutes. Uh, So, (laughs) uh, this story came from Hackaday and it's CubeSat for a thousand bucks. Well, let's see. Want to build your own CubeSat but have been put off by the price? There may be a solution in the works. RG Sat has challenged himself. RG Sat is sort of like been in brackets, and I'm guessing they're just obfuscating who this person is, but it's it's just we're calling him RG. Uh, he's challenged himself to design and build one for less than a thousand bucks. In the 15 months since he began the project, RG has designed and built the avionics and electrical power system circuit boards and is currently testing his Sun Tracker design. Software is written in Rust just because he wanted to learn something new. Stepping back and looking at the big picture, the price of a CubeSat can be a drop in the bucket when compared to the launch costs, unless you've got a free ride somehow. In hardware, the best place to focus cost reduction efforts? Eh, or is hardware the best place to focus cost reduction efforts? I, I don't know. That's the question. It's being posed. Regardless, RG's project is bound to provide interesting and useful results, whether he succeeds in his goal or confirms that indeed you need $10,000 to build a CubeSat. So, I guess you can... Keep reading Hackaday to find out. So anyway, Bill is going to tell us about something he did a couple of days ago. Yeah, so I'll 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 make sure I use all of my time. So I'm reclaiming my time here. No, I'm. Uh... <laughs> I yield. I yield the floor. <laughs> yeah, I yield the floor. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I have upgraded uh, two machines here from Fedora 33 to Fedora 34 because it's the best. You know, I just have to say that. I did the uh, the the main desktop here that I kind of use for. Uh, doing the show notes and everything else and kind of my play box, uh, the first, and, and that worked out just fine. And, uh, it was nice to see that, uh, Pipewire works pretty much out of the box. No problems. Uh, I, I did a PS to see if, uh, you know, Pulse Audio is running and guess what? It's not. Oh my God. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Pipewire works. Uh, didn't notice any flaws. I mean, it's picked up uh, all my audio devices. Everything else has worked fine with it. Yeah. 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 Clap, clap, clap. Uh, GNOME 440, I guess. GNOME 40 is, uh, working pretty well. Of course, uh, the usual stuff did not work out of the box, like, uh, all my old extensions, which I really only used, uh, dash to doc. So, and I haven't installed the, uh, there is a build for dash to doc that gives you the nice little dock panel at the bottom, you know, kind of like Mac OS, I guess you'd call it that. Um, <clears throat> but it, uh, you know, still has the standard, uh, panel when I uh, click the activities button or hit the super key, what have you, you got the, the little uh, <clears throat> dashboard is there with all your icons. Um, it is quite uh, zippy. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed with its responsiveness. Uh, the UI responsiveness is really, really nice. So you can definitely feel the improvements of going to GNOME 40. Um, everything else sort of works. So I was got, I got pretty confident that I would, uh, Go head over to the uh, shack box and upgrade that because that was sitting at 33 for a while too. So, uh, I upgraded that one yesterday and, uh, you know, 2200 some odd packages later, <laughs> it, uh, it's fully upgraded running pipe wire. Uh, everything worked just fine until I noticed about five minutes ago. 
or before we started recording the podcast that uh, all the Discord notifications were going out the uh, signal link box. Uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> good thing i'm on six meters and it's not too busy uh so um but i didn't notice that before i must uh that that uh application must have come up with a different uh different uh audio device than the other ones but uh yeah wsjtx worked uh great out of the box was able to uh get on i worked uh uh worked uh mexico on six meters the other day during a little short opening up here to montana and uh, I think it works somebody else. I can't remember where he was at. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, GNOME 34 works great. And of course, we were just talking about Audacity a little while ago and I was checking the version that I have here and it is 3.0.2. So it's the latest greatest. Uh, LibreOffice is a 7.1.22, but, uh, I'm sure that will upgrade here shortly. So, uh, so I'll probably see the 7.1.3. Um, probably the next day or so, cause they're pretty quick about getting those revved into here. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you have Fedora 33 and you want to upgrade, it's, uh, it's fairly painless. There are some steps to go through. It's not like a do release upgrade like you do in, uh, in, uh, in Ubuntu, uh, which obviously makes it really super simple <laughs> unless you do it on a digital ocean droplet. <laughs> 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 which i did uh, uh to the box that runs the mumble server here and also the discord box uh box and uh that wasn't horribly happy when i did that <laughs> remind myself not to do that again uh it should tell me something when i'm when i'm on the droplet and it says it's a 1604 droplet because <laughs> that's when i created it and i went through and updated the to 1804 without a problem but uh yeah 20.04 yeah well it worked eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what is uh, you obviously have that on one of your computers that's doing Shack stuff. So, what? Mm-hmm. How does how did it? Uh, how is it like presented Pipewire in uh, the applications? Uh, nothing looks any different because it has a shim that uh, satisfies all the Pulse Audio needs. So it still thinks it's running Pulse Audio when you go into it. Like uh, you go into Mumble and it says which uh, audio system you're using and it says pulse audio so it still thinks it's running pulse but it's definitely not okay um, cool and uh you know the also stuff still works like also and i haven't tried any jack stuff because i really haven't uh i haven't set any box up for that in a long while um after all the headaches of trying to do <laughs> jack because you know i don't know jack um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah everything uh everything pulse wise thinks it's still running pulse so it uh it just works um, I'm actually quite, quite impressed. They, uh, they did kind of start shimming that into 33. I noticed about a month or so ago that, the uh, the pipe wire stuff started popping into the updates. So it was obviously trying to get that push through and see if there was going to be any big issues, but I'm assuming if it was coming out in 33, it wasn't an issue. <laughs> so, so I guess it could only get better from here. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to it because Pipewire, of course, is not just audio. It will be video and, and everything else. So it's going to be kind of the uh, the transport for everything audio, video related streaming wise, you know. Um, so, yeah, cross our fingers. Uh, it's all going to work and uh, continue to work. Uh, I do have the ButterFS um, file system on both boxes. And, uh, yeah, that, that didn't have any problems and no hiccups during the upgrade. It just, uh, you know, I did the download and the reboot to upgrade type thing. 
and uh, everything just just worked fabulously. So it's always nice to get through an update and not have the world explode or (laughs) comes up with a kernel panic or can't find your device or anything else like that. So, yeah, quite, quite happy. Um, And I'm not even sure. I guess I'm I guess I'm running X still on mine. But uh, I know they're forcing Wayland for a lot of stuff, but I'm assuming since uh, VNC and everything else is sort of working out of the box that my session was still set up for X. Is there a way I can test tell that? Is there a quick way you can see? Yeah, um, you, should, you should see an X um, process. If you do a PSAX, you should see something with a capital X in it if you're not running Wayland. Uh, yeah, so I'm still running X, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So X is still running, yeah. So I'm still in the old school. But, yeah, it is super zippy, and I know I should go to Wayland and stuff, and I don't think I do – I don't do any streaming from either of the two boxes, but I do screen screen share. So I I kind of keep it on X until I feel confident that I can screen share with, uh, with Wayland without any issues. I don't have a problem with Wayland because it doesn't really matter to me. It's not like these boxes are <laughs> that critical for that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, this box here uh, has been up. Nine days now on uh, 34, no problems. Hasn't had a reboot or anything else like that. No bugginess. I did notice an issue with the uh, Team Viewer. It uh, definitely having issues on both boxes, but I think that's just uh, probably just the build issue. It's a uh, Team Viewer's kind of hmm, you know when it works, it works great. When it doesn't work, yeah, you know, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it comes on and stays for like 30 seconds and d- dumps me out. Uh, it's not logging any errors that I can tell. So it's it's definitely something odd odd with the uh, the build, but both boxes are doing that now, and they were they were working fine before, but that's not a, a critical feature for me. So uh, um, no big deal. I don't consider that a detractor. But yeah, if you're a Shack computer and you're you want to try uh, you know uh, uh, a build for your Shack computer, thirty four is uh, is nice and tasty and brand new. So uh, give it a whirl. Are you going to give it an LHS readiness score, or is it just the same as thirty-three? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, it's, maybe one point off because Team Viewer is messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only thing I could I could point to. Now, the nice part about I do have to say that I did notice when uh, when PipeWire came in that audio was passing from the desktop through Team Viewer. Oh, so, nice. So there was that nice addition because I wasn't getting audio before. I don't know if you've ever used TeamViewer on, on Linux boxes, but generally the audio stuff is all like grayed out because it, it can't transport the audio. Mm-hmm. But I did notice that ever since Pipewire was popped in here, uh, I was getting audio. So I was hearing, you know, Discord notifications, everything else through, uh, through, uh, TeamViewer, you know, <clears throat> and up until 34, I would hear it for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, but it still it still passes audio, so I I think that's that's pretty awesome um, that that's working almost flawlessly. So cross fingers they get that uh, get that one thing uh, built properly, so it uh, it stays connected. I, I haven't even looked to see if there's even a bug out for it, but I'm assuming I have it on two different machines with two different kinds of hardware, so uh, it's definitely got to be a a bug report somewhere. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah. Gnome thirty, Gnome forty, and uh, uh, Fedora thirty four for the win. All right, and and Pipewire, and Pipewire <laughs> for the win. Yes, Pipewire. <laughs> All right, very good. So uh, good, good word on Fedora thirty four. If you guys are going that route and want to try out Fedora, obviously it will work for you, even with some of this newer technology. Well, except for Wayland. 
<laughs> it's to be but, determined, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll get there. It'll get there. Right about the time they invent something new. So, yeah. All right. Well, with that, we have come down to the end of our stories. So um, Cheryl did a moderately good job of getting the, the dogs to shut up. They're still making noise, but I don't think they're coming through. So <laughs> we'll let her jump in here and take care of our social media roundup. All righty then. So for our Patreon list, we have Jim Lawson, which is new, Patrick Ang, Douglas Shock, Eric Guth, Brandon Rosek, John Spriggs, Robert Lewis, Robert Pitts, Douglas Redder, David Jakeway, Darren King, Cubicle Nate, Erno Costales, Samuel Vimes, Peter Caffrey, Richard Gordon, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rulo, Donald Gover, Herb Garcia, Steve Sainer, Steve Metcalf, William Heckelman, Randolph Smith, and Andy Webster. For our subscriptions, we have Chris DeLuca, which is new, Andy Cowley, Eric Mueller, uh, or Muller, excuse me, Carl Backus, Isaac Geyer, or Gear, Thomas Foy, Michael Burdak, Kevin Ivey, Tony Coberly, Ronald Ike, Johnny Kinsey, Peter Spots, Fred Cole, Bill Piotr, Jeffrey Boris, Robert Halliday, Wayne Hale, John Clark, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling, Roger Pereira, Howard Dittmer, Todd Bowers, Michael Carey, A. Taylor, Dylan Angle, Jim McKenzie, Bill Collins, Robert Black, Darren King, Randolph Smith, Robert Yerke, Steve Biella, Alan Wilson, Mark Farrell, Jeff Zimmerman. And on Facebook, we had Roger Worley, Adam Bush, and Flurry Mauricio. On Twitter, we had at CISO, uh, HK3W, at Howie Pepper, at Lester M94744880, zero, excuse me, at Global Tech G, at GC Remoris, and at CQQRZ. Tolitski on YouTube. Uh, mailing list is still getting recovered, and there were no merchandise sales this time. Yep. Well, that's the long and short of it. Mostly the long. <laughs> cool. Well, that means we've come down through all of the topics for tonight. We've gotten through the social media roundup, let everybody know who's supporting the show. And uh, we want to make sure that everybody realizes that just by listening to the show, you are supporting the show. Even if you're not supporting us financially, just being a listener is fantastic. We wouldn't do this if we did not have our listeners. So thank you to everyone, regardless of your support status, whether you join us on our social media networks or just listen every week or throw us a couple of bucks in the till to keep the lights on. So let's go ahead before we run out the door, mention the folks who are with us live in the chat room tonight. We had actually quite a good crowd tonight. We had Ted WA0EIR, Tony K4XSS, Don KC9ZMY, Stacy KB7YS, Darren VK6EK, John K1BTZ, Don KB2YSI, and Steve K7HPT. I hope I hope one day our live listenership will be as long as our social media roundup. That'll be awesome. <laughs> but then, of course, the last ten minutes of the show will just be us reading names. Yeah, <laughs> <That's just> <laughs> we'll get complaints. And you stop <laughs> reading the chat room. Oh my god. Well, that's, that's why we put it at the end so you don't have to worry about it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, this has been our short Turpix. Turpix? <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, here, let me uh, let me take another sip here. <laughs> yeah, that'll help things out a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll help me say the word correctly this time. Uh, anyway, this has been our short topics episode number 411 of Linux in the Hamshack. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you have a great week, and will join us for the next one. 
which will be our deep dive. Stay tuned for that. Anyway, we're going to get on out of here. Talk to you all soon. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The show is recorded live every Thursday at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord you can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW that's 1-909-547-7469 visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. <laughs> <laughs>